You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, welcome, everybody. It is uh, great to have you all here online. And uh, it's awesome to see so many people joining us uh, virtually. And I believe God's going to do something special through this time. Before we jump into God's Word, and uh, I'm going to share a little about that in a second, I want to share just a few points of uh, information for you, uh, answer a few questions about our church and our response to the coronavirus that uh, is really affecting so many of us. First question is, what are happening to key ministries here at Calvary? And as you can see right now, of course, we are streaming our Sunday services from now, uh, at least for the next few weeks. So share this, invite others to join us even next Sunday. We're going to continue to do this. In fact, we're going to continue to build on this and, and improve on this and make this the, the best experience we can. Also, next Sunday, we are going to be streaming programs for kids and youth at the same time. And you can uh, tap into what's going to be happening for the kids next Sunday at 1030 on their Facebook page by just going to facebook.com slash ckids.irwin. And that's right below me right now. Uh, ckids.irwin. And then our youth, Calvary Student Ministries, our teens, they're going to be streaming something on their Instagram account. Just go to Instagram at csm.irwin. Also right here, right now. So uh, you can make sure that you check that out and uh, uh, watch. Let your kids, your students watch that. Also, maybe you're here and you, uh, you're watching and you want to uh, watch with another group of people. We're hosting watch parties. So if you'd like to gather some people together in your home, broadcast the live feed on your TV, you can do that. Uh, go to our website, calvaryirwin.com. There's a tab for the COVID-19. Uh, just click that tab on that page, scroll down, and there's a form there where you can sign up to, to be a host party. And what we want to do is have host parties throughout the region and then give people the opportunity. We, might be able, we can't gather corporately or one big group, but we can gather in smaller groups. So that's an opportunity to do that for the church to still be the church. And uh, honestly, it's kind of reverting back to what we see in the first century is people gathered in homes, and uh, it's an opportunity to do that. So if you want to host a watch party, you can do that. Uh, beyond that, there's some questions about, hey, just some of the regular things. We had dedications this month and baptisms and other things. Um, we're going to be postponing those things. Uh, we'll be doing dedications later in the year and baptisms as well, so we're just going to postpone those uh, out of a, a great caution, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share more of that as we get forward. Uh, Two more questions. One is, why are we live streaming? Why don't we just gather together? And this is because we believe, one, it's important to use wisdom, but two, uh, the church continues. In spite of obstacles and difficulties as a church, we aren't locked into tradition or one way of doing things. We believe that we will use whatever means necessary to communicate the love of God to our world, whether that be live stream, if we have to stay on the roof of a building, if we have to go in the street corner, uh, if we can gather in a building, whatever it looks like, we're going to use whatever means necessary to communicate the love, grace of Jesus, and that's why we're doing this today. Last thing, what is our responsibility corporately as a church, individually as followers of Christ, in this new reality and what we're facing right now? As a church, uh, here's, here's where our passion are. We are here to serve. Uh, we're here to love and care for our church family, but also the community around us. That's why we're here. That doesn't stop. And in fact, we're kicking off this series today. I'm going to share a little bit more about this called Glimmer. And, and we want to be a glimmer of hope to our world. Uh, if you want to serve, you want to make a difference, if you go to crisis 
www.calvaryirwin.com, crisis.calvaryirwin.com. Uh, we have a site there with a number of opportunities for you to serve, or maybe you need something. Maybe you're a, a senior citizen and you need someone to get your groceries, or, or maybe you're in need of childcare during this time because your kids are off school but you still have to work, or, or maybe you want to provide childcare. Uh, whatever it might be, we want to be that connection. We want to serve. We want to be a beacon of hope, a glimmer of hope at this time in our community, our region. So you can go to crisis.calvaryirwin.com to see some of those opportunities. As an individual, though, what, what is our responsibility? We are given this very rare societal Sabbath. How many times in history is there a pause button put on so many things? Events are canceled. School is canceled. You might still have to work, but there are a lot of activities that have been canceled, paused, postponed. This is a chance for you to, to enjoy unplanned time for yourself with those you love. Take opportunity. Take, take the chance to do that. This is a rare opportunity. Uh, beyond that, take extra time in prayer and in God's word. In fact, uh, over the next four weeks, we're going to be doing this series, Glimmer. We're going to be walking through the book of Philippians. And we have a, a, a version Bible reading plan that we're going to be going through as a church. And if you go to uh, download the version Bible app on your mobile phone, your device, then if you go to bible.calvaryirwin.com, you can get connected to that reading plan through the book of Philippians. And we're going to go through this together. Every day there's a, a, a devotional. Or you can read some of uh, a few verses from Philippians. And then there's an opportunity to interact. And what we're going to do throughout this is we're going to post some videos and that interaction uh, with just some challenges from some of our leaders uh, as we walk through the book of Philippians together. This is a great way for us to stay connected through the word of God. So take extra time to, to, to read God's word, to pray. In fact, this week uh, we had this scheduled already. Our lead team is going to be taking time to pray and to fast these next few days. We had that scheduled ahead of time and it's just amazing God's timing. I want to encourage you, join us Tuesday to take some time to pray and fast. Maybe give up a meal and take that time to pray for our world, to pray for our community, to pray for our church. Uh, Maybe take time this week just to pray for your family. Uh, Take this opportunity in the margin that we've been given to make the most of it. Look for ways to make the most of the season. Things that maybe you normally couldn't do that now you can because you have the margin and the space. And before we jump into God's word, I want to take a moment and pray and breathe. There's been so much that, that has been hitting us, bombarding us from the media and, and online and social media and so many are, are stressed and anxious. Can we just take a moment? You're in your living room, wherever you might be. I want you to take a deep, deep breath, a big deep breath, and breathe out. One more, big deep breath, and breathe out. And let's just take a moment and pray and invite God into this moment. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. I know it's difficult and trying, but I know that you, Lord, are not surprised. God, I pray you give us strength, faith, endurance, Lord, to represent you well in this season. Lord, to to lead well, to love well, to show your grace to those that need it. God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the peace that is beyond understanding that you provide for us. Guide us and direct us in these moments in this season that we could make the most of the moments you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, uh, over the last few weeks, if you've been with us uh, in person or online, we've been going through a series that we've been calling Questioning Jesus. And really the idea of this series is looking at the questions of Jesus and, and compiling them and looking at them and how they relate to the questions that we often ask about our own lives. And with all the circumstances that have unfolded over this last week and especially the last few days, we made the decision to interrupt that series and we're going to be starting this new series called Glimmer. And, and really our heart behind this series is this, that in a world that seems to have no hope, we are called to be hope. 
We are called to be a glimmer of hope that our world so desperately needs. And over the next four weeks, we're going to be diving in to this conversation called Glimmer as we walk through the book of Philippians. And Philippians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church that was facing incredible struggles and difficulties in the first century. And in spite of all that they were facing, the challenges they faced, they still managed to thrive. And I don't think I need to point out the similarities here, but with all that's transpired these last few days, we have been given a lot of instructions of things we should do, things we should not do. We're told not to touch our faces. We're told to wash our hands, which you should have been doing already. Uh, we're, we're told that we, we should keep a distance from others. We shouldn't shake hands. We should avoid physical contact. All these things. I, I've, I've heard so many messages from different Christian church leaders about how that we should allow perfect love to cast out fear and that we are given a spirit of fear. And, and all of this stuff has been bombarding us and, and hitting us from all different angles. And, and when you put it all together, you end up with this giant stew that could be the recipe for incredible anxiety, stress, uh, it, it causes us almost to be overwhelmed, to be panicked. So, so maybe you're watching online today, and, and you might be asking, what are we supposed to do with all of this? How are we supposed to respond to this? Uh, we can't watch sports. We aren't supposed to gather together in large numbers. What in the world are we supposed to do? Should we just like hold up in our homes, cower in fear, and, and wait for this to kind of pass over and then come out? Or should we defy the experts and community leaders that are saying to not do that? Should we just defy them and keep going on like nothing's happening? What are we supposed to do? And, and I don't think we're supposed to do any of that. And, and honestly, it's not really about what I think, but I believe it's about what God's word says is true. And that's why we want to look at God's word in these few moments we have together. See, the reality is we can't fully control what's happening or what's going to happen, but we can control how we respond. And our response speaks volumes to what's really on the inside, doesn't it? It speaks volumes to what's really happening in here. In the first century, there were a group of Christians that found themselves in a very similar place. Their issues weren't surrounding a disease, but a significant difficulty nonetheless. It was a group of Christians living in the Roman city of Philippi. And a little bit about Philippi. Philippi was a Roman military colony. This meant that the citizens had this unwavering devotion and worship of the emperor of Rome. Uh, This worship was more than just, that's our leader. They saw the emperor as God. This ran in direct conflict with those who were followers of Jesus in that city. Because of that, it it created incredible persecution, difficulty, and struggle. And so the church in Philippi faced opposition, faced persecution for their faith. This was something that the Apostle Paul knew a lot about because he was actually imprisoned for for sharing the gospel himself uh, in Rome. He's on house arrest. And And he writes this letter to the church to encourage them, to challenge them to not give in to their circumstances, but to remain unified around the calling they had been given. And this is where we find ourselves today. Not not imprisoned, not persecuted necessarily for our faith, but we do face a real struggle and serious obstacles to living out our faith. Uh, and, And it could be easy in these moments to throw in the towel, to give in to the worry, the stress, the anxiety, to just close ourselves up in our homes for the next few weeks and hope everyone else survives and we're going to make this. But we aren't called to be those that run, those that hide, those that give up. 
In fact, this is exactly what the Apostle Paul was speaking into the church in Philippi when he wrote these words in Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 27. He writes, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I want to say that one more time because this is so powerful. I believe this is such a powerful statement that, that Paul wrote to the Philippines, Philippians, but, but writes to us into the future today in our circumstances. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Our response and how we live our lives speak more than just to our personal existence, but it's a beautiful reflection, a glimmer of the gospel we hold to. You see, you aren't just a glimmer of your own existence. You are a glimmer of the gospel. That's what Paul is writing. And he goes on in the next statement. He says, then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I know that you will stand firm in one spirit. Look around wherever you're watching this right now. Look around. Maybe there's no one else there. Maybe there's a small gathering. Maybe it's just family members. We are one spirit, not gathered in one place, but united. This is what Paul's writing. We are united across this region right now. Not in one room, but we're there. That we can be united, one spirit. Uh, that, that, that we can strive together as one for the faith of the gospel. Verse 28, he says, he goes on, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Or I might replace that, but not being frightened in any way by what? has opposed you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but you will be saved, and that by God. See, this is what Paul is trying to speak into us today. I love how God's word is so timeless and still speaks even to our own difficulties and struggles. The church in Philippi faced a very difficult time. There was another church in the first century, first decade, really, of the church's existence another city in, in Rome, uh, that, uh, the Roman Empire, that faced difficulty. And this city was known as Caesarea. The city we talked about a moment ago is called Caesarea Philippi. This was just referred to as Caesarea. And Caesarea faced some incredible difficulties throughout its history. It faced famine, faced wars, difficulties that, that pulled on the city. One of the most trying times in the city of Caesarea was early in the 4th century. Uh, during that time, there was a huge plague, the, plague of, uh, the Justinian plague that broke out throughout the city. In fact, during this plague, some 26% of the world's population died during this time. The population wasn't that great and couldn't handle that kind of impact, and it sent the world into mass hysteria, as you would imagine. People responded as you would expect. They began to flee, trying to avoid the disease, trying to, to stay clear of it. And in, in Caesarea, what people did is they fled the city and went to the outskirts, to fields that were located on the outskirts of the city. And people were running, trying to get away from this plague. Interestingly, though, there was one group of people in Caesarea that didn't run, but they actually stayed. They were the Christians. Eusebius, who was a church historian and, and the bishop of the church in Caesarea, recorded these words about the followers of Jesus during this time in Caesarea. Here's what he wrote. Every day, some continued caring for and burying the dead. For there were multitudes who had no one to care for them. 
Others collected in one place those who were afflicted by the famine throughout the entire city and gave bread to them all. So that the thing became reported abroad among all men and they glorified the God of the Christians and convinced by the facts themselves confessed that they alone were truly pious and religious. It was because of these acts, according to Eusebius, that, that, that many Christians were able to make an impact and, it, and that that the name of Christians was on everyone's lips. So much so that a couple decades later, Emperor Julian, Emperor Julian was the last of the pagan emperors of Rome. He would write this about the Christians, talking about the impact that these actions had in Caesarea years later. Here's what he wrote. He said, when I think that the poor and sick were neglected and rejected by our own pagan priests, I think of the fact that the ungodly Galileans, the Christians, observed this and dedicated themselves to philanthropy. Sorry, I can't say that word. Philanthropy. Can we say that together? Philanthropy. There we go. Uh, They cared not only for their poor, but for ours. Not only to their sick, but to ours. You see, this is our calling as followers of Jesus, even during difficult times. We aren't called to sit back. We aren't called to coast. We aren't called even just to survive. We're called to be a glimmer of hope. Because in a world when there seems to be no hope, we are a reflection of hope. When there seems to be no hope in our world, we, we are the representation of that hope, of Jesus, of the gospel. We become a glimmer of the gospel. When everyone else has given up and settled into survival mode, We are the ones ready to fight for and serve the hurting and broken of our world. This isn't just for some missions trip or third world country. We're talking about our own backyards. This is what we're called to. This is where you've been sent. We exist as a church to lead people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We want to make the name of Jesus great in this region and there is no greater opportunity than in the midst of the circumstances we now find ourselves This is our chance. I understand the sense of fear many of us have had and the worry about what will transpire today or tomorrow in the coming weeks, and it's understandable with all that we're facing. But when you turn on the news and you jump on social media, you see the impact that's taking place. It's overwhelming. If you were with us last Sunday, or maybe you weren't, we talked about this very idea, and I think it's so appropriate, this this, this thought. What we know to be true can shape what we feel is true. What we know to be true, the truth that we hold to that is constant, can shape what we feel is true, what our circumstances are telling us. The same God that was on the throne and in control last Sunday is still there today. He did not abdicate his throne and he did not give up his throne. He has not been removed from his throne. It is important that we are wise, that we use good judgment, but it is equally important that we are willing to trust and not allow the environment and our emotions to dominate our reactions. Paul wrote later to the church in Thessalonica that as followers of Jesus, we are not without hope but that our hope is is in something that is lasting, that supersedes our current realities. For us as a church, we're going to adjust. We're going to adapt to the ever-changing environment we find ourselves in. We're going to change our approach, but we most definitely are not going away. In fact, I believe these are going to be our greatest moments to shine as the church of Jesus Christ. 
This is our chance to be a glimmer of hope that our world desperately, desperately needs. For you, this isn't a time to shrink back in fear. It's our opportunity to step up. That doesn't mean we defy recommendations from our government or medical professionals. It means that we don't allow the emotion of our moments to dictate the conviction of our hearts. We don't let the emotion of what's taking place around us or, or, or in our world to dictate what's convicted, what, what we hold to, the beliefs we hold so closely to. So over the next few weeks and for as long as we need to, we're going to be right here online. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be right here. Maybe gathering in smaller groups, but not gathering corporately. We're going to be having different creative ways that you can engage and stay connected online or through social media. And into this new reality, the words of Paul become so challenging to us all. What he wrote there in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. He said, then whether I come and see, see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. Whether we can see each other or not, whether we're able to interact physically or not, we still are united around one spirit we stri we're striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way. This is our calling, church. This is our challenge. When, when there seems to be no hope, we are a reflection of hope. We are that glimmer of hope. Take this opportunity to do things with your kids. Take this chance to serve your community. Take this opportunity to not become overcome by our circumstances, but to overcome evil with good. I've always loved Mr. Rogers. If you know this about me, I grew up in Latrobe, and so did he. And, and you've probably heard this quote before, but I believe this quote I'm about to share embodies the countercultural challenge that Paul shares here in Philippians. Here's what Mr. Rogers, Mr. Fred Rogers said. When I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, Look for the helpers. Can I tell you, just pause for a second. You and I, we are those helpers. Look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. To this day, especially in times of disaster, I remember my mother's words and I'm always comforted by realizing that there are still so many helpers, so many caring people in the world. And over the last few days, we've heard so much about what we cannot do. Let's talk for a second about what we can do. We can't touch, but we can talk. Have those conversations in the space that we have, in the margin that we've been given. Have conversations with your family, your friends, your neighbors. Don't get within six feet of them. You can talk still. Have the conversations. You can't touch, but you can talk. We can't gather, but you know what we can give? There might be people you know on your street, in your neighborhood, in, in, in your apartment complex that you know are in need gift to help them. We, we might not be able to gather together, but just like Paul said, we don't have to gather together to be one in spirit, to be united for the sake of the gospel. You might not be able to gather, but we can give. We can't go to school. For, for you kids, teenagers, you're excited about that. Parents, I know it's overwhelming. We can't go to school, but we can still serve. Look for a chance to serve someone. Maybe there's an elderly person who lives near you or in your family or someone that you're aware of. Be willing to get them some groceries so they don't have to go out. Be willing to help serve those that are in need during this time. Let's not let this time in history shape us. It's time that we shape history, church. 
that we become this glimmer of hope to our world. We are called to be a glimmer, not, not to lay down and let things dictate to us what's gonna happen, but to be a glimmer of hope, a declaration that there is a God who is still active and has not given up. When there seems to be no hope, we are a reflection of hope. We're gonna close with one final song here. Before we do that, I wanna pray. Pray that God would move in your life. God, I pray, God, that you would raise up hope within us, Lord. That fear wouldn't dominate our response, but that we recognize we have an authority that is greater than what's, what's in us. An authority that comes from heaven. That we are children of God. We are sons and daughters who are called and destined to make a difference in this world. To show your love and grace to this world. To be a glimmer of the gospel in the world around us. Thank you, God, for that calling. Give us the courage, the boldness, the strength to do that very thing. Let's sing this song together before we close. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.